What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Voice, and you're here for another episode of the Facts Project. Today, we are here to discuss the actual slate of what is happening within the DC universe, and better yet, even the Marvel universe, but more so in the broader spectrum of things, we're more so going to talk about exactly what has been happening lately. Is 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 and it's very confusing, but yet exciting at the same time because there are now a plethora and i say that as far as a whole with uh the publishing that's more so happening within marvel and dc but yet there's so many ips regardless of who their publisher is that are pretty much being snatched up and are now being brought in for live action uh adaptations and you're starting to of course there's a lot of things that are basically following into it into this uh of course we could talk about Marvel and Disney. We could talk about DC and Warner Brothers. But I'm I'm very, very, very interested into exactly what Amazon Prime has been doing lately with the acquisitions of IPs that they're picking up to, to adapt. So necessarily, when we look at this from maybe around like three years ago, we're more so de- detailing the introduction of The Boys and Invincible as two polarizing series. One can be arguably said as the greatest comic book of all time. The other was almost too scary to adapt. And I'm pretty sure that Seth Rogen being attached to both and his mind and how wired it is. I don't know if it was the weed talking or whatever, but it's more than obvious that he spoke to a lot of big heads and was like the more I I would say in depth and scary that it may seem to the broader audience, the more followers we're going to receive in watching the product happen. The first season of the boys to now has been absolutely some of the best writing on television that we've seen out of a comic book show. The first season of Invincible, although it's an animation, they stuck to the formula. They did not dive away from it. And yet more so than anything, people are now itching for it and wanting to see season two. And it's of course garnered a lot of people to basically get into the mode of where they want to see the books. They want to read exactly what happened. And it, and it's almost to the point where, you know, with, within Marvel and DC and how they create their movies, they've gotten to the point where they try to, of course, dive away from the source material. They don't want to be too predictable. Invincible has been pretty predictable thus far if you've read the comic. The Boys, I can't say that it's been pretty predictable, But it's been really fucking close. And yet, even with all that predictability, as a small IP, I mean, you might say it's a small IP. Invincible, of course, being with uh, Image Comics slash Skybound and the boys being with Dynamite Comics. You know, very small brand. And the fact that that being, you know, pretty much brought into the brain trust of somebody like a Seth Rogen that is able to sell that to 
Amazon. So the 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 concept of it and saying if you go raw with exactly how the comic book was written, then more so than not, you're going to get an audience. So now, because of the successfulness of those shows, we're now jumping into the arena of how much deeper can we go? What stories do we not know about that maybe we want to take a crack at? So now Scott Snyder's Witches is going to get adapted. You know, so um, uh, what is it? Butterfly for Boom Comics is also going to get adapted. Um, and, it, and, and the list goes on and on. And of course, you know, if anybody follows the program, I read a lot of independent comics. Some of the independent comics here are already in um, in the arena of being developed. Either by like HBO, by Hulu, depending no, nowhere. I, of course, have talked to David Crownson. If you go through the catalog, I've talked to David Crownson, who wrote Harriet Tubman, Demon Slayer. That's going to be basically developed for Hulu. I've talked to... Uh, Sebastian Jones for Stranger Comics and pretty much going through the Untamed Saga, you know, A Sinner's Prayer and how that's going to get developed for HBO. Prentice Penny, who is going to, who's done Insecure, is pretty much snatched up these two great authors and creators and wants to take their brands and mold it into something that we haven't seen with a very diverse cast. Stories are stories. The The thing is with Marvel and DC, we are, of course, enamored by the characters because we are so indebted to them. Our grandfathers have more than likely been uh, fans of their comic books. Our fathers and mothers have been have been fans of their comic books for generations. We have been fans of their comic books for generations. You know, it's. It's a love fest and almost a passing of the torch generation to generation. And that's the reason why those IPs continue to exist. And I like where Marvel is going. I know a lot of people are not generally the biggest fans of the Disney Plus shows. Because they feel that they go off the beaten path and they can't necessarily feed into the connectivity of where they are with the movies. And I'm here to tell you, at least they're taking a shot. At least they're making a consistent effort to try and build onto the product with different characters. Of course, we had our quintessential Avengers team. That's a given. But within those 10 years, it was like, okay, we have to do something else. The, the actors that we've had to play these roles have run their course, and we have to do something to give them an ultimate climax, and we have to start from scratch. If not with some of the characters that we still have left over, we more so want to introduce some of the characters that might be fan favorites that we have no idea how they're going to be uh, received to the giving giving audience. But, but more so in the end, it's going to mean something. There's so many characters to name. It's like there's too many. Everybody has a different favorite. You know, you'll find a lot of people that are Spider-Man fans, but you'll still find a niche market of people 
that are Nova fans. And better yet, you know, that's a character that hasn't even been adapted yet. You know, like we talk about, yeah, Nova Prime and Xandar, but the character itself of Nova has not been adapted yet, but has a subsequent following to where it can be adapted and if done right. Because we all know the person who is now running DC, James Gunn, takes on a ragtag C-list group of comic book characters known as the Guardians of the Galaxy. I guarantee you that when they first came out, nobody knew who Star-Lord was, Rocket Raccoon, Groot, Gamora, Drax the Destroyer. Nobody knew any of them. Yondu, nobody. But because of the connectivity to the broader universe, they figured the follow along and they it blew up. They have a they're, they're about to have a trilogy. Superman doesn't have a trilogy. But then now you look at it like somebody like him, who of course, maybe it was a tumultuous relationship with, with Marvel, but is now jumped into the hat with DC. Him and Peter Zafrin are now going to be the big wigs going forth as far as the creative side and the business side of what the DCU is going to be pushing forth. And we have to look at that with a tilted lens because we know what the DCEU was beforehand. And it was all over the place. You might have been confused by how to follow it. Um, and of course, there was the obsessive compulsive fans that are that wanted so much that they became obsessive. And yet, when they finally got what they wanted, they wanted more. But DC was like ultimately about to pull the plug anyway. So it was like it was a lost cause for everybody involved. In comes James Gunn and Peter Zafrin. And it's it's now with the first, uh, I guess, uh, release of like kind of like their phase one that Marvel did which is kind of like the baseline. And I'm not going to say, hey, it's the, it's the blueprint. Everybody has an outline. Whether you're a writer, whether you're a creator or anything like that, if you're looking to build a universe, you create that outline. Marvel did it and did it successfully. And when they, and it's funny because when Marvel used to do their phases and create those, that outline of everything that they wanted to do project-wise, some of that stuff got pulled out. That's exactly how an outline works. So DC is now doing the same thing and they're creating this first phase called gods, gods and monsters. And they are pulling into creature commandos, the authority blue beetle booster gold, you know, characters that have followings or that the comics have resonated so much with an established crowd that they feel as though the adaptation is not going to filter that, that far away from the truth. Exactly what, what the fans want to see. And if there is any proof of connectivity, then so be it. So when you, they have this, so at least there's a plan. They gave you a chunk of what they're going to do. They gave you the theme 
as to how it should pro provide itself is a melting pot. So it so it all connects. The next thing that they do is provide you with source material that you can follow, whether it be uh, the Batman movie doing Brave and the Bold, which is pretty much like Batman Reborn. Um, doing the Authority, doing Swamp Thing, uh, doing Earth One for the Lanterns. Um, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. Can't even keep it on the shelves now. So we give they're giving them source material that they can follow. Be like, okay, when the movie comes out, you can follow this as sort of like your baseline. Here's your cliff notes. Now we're going to take the test. Which is totally fine. So I like what they're doing. <clears throat> but yet again, you know, I I feel like now we're in a world where if you are reading, if you're a constant reader of comics, regardless of what you read, if it's Marvel, if it's DC, or if you read indie, if it's Boom Studios, TKO Presents, uh, Image, Skybound, Dynamite, Band of Bards, um, Dauntless Stories, you know, you come to realize that if you create a good enough story, there might be somebody in the wings that will read it and love it so much that they will do the marketing for you. And in that sense, if I get you to read it and you might have a friend that would like to create it someday, more than likely it might get adapted. It's just, it is what it is. Take a person. There's a gentleman that um, I saw on, on Instagram and Twitter, and he, he's been doing this for a, a good while now, David Kirkman. And if you don't know who he is, look up the name. He created, because of he had a love of Milestone Comics, the old roster, whether it was static, hardware, um, you know, the Blood Syndicate or anything like that. And he started to create his own fan films based around what he saw because he, you know, static wasn't being adapted. Hardware wasn't being adapted. And he just created fan films that he saw in his head as what he, what he perceived as doing the perfect static movie or better yet doing the perfect hardware movie. And they're excellent. They are if they aren't the the feature themselves, they're a guide for exactly what you want to see in somebody creating that movie. And that's all we can ask for as fans. Like, we want somebody to be just as passionate about our projects as we are. And if you love a character, or better yet, even the the storyline of the, of said character... And you feel as though you want to push them. This is this is marketing one on one. If you create one person that loves your shit, they will they will do the promotion for you. And I feel as though now, with um, with a lot of people, whether you have like a Seth Rogen of the world, the James Gunn of the world, or a David Kirkman of the world, who ultimately just loves the IP, and would 
absolutely love to do something for it. And and no, I'm talking about people in very high positions of power that have the resources to get it done, whether it be a a film student or graduate that has accessibility to cameras and maybe some studio equipment and can get some costumes on the whim. It just do something on the fly or better yet, somebody with investor money that's going to basically put a project together for you because it's he wants it to be seen with amongst the national audience and make a movie out of it or make the animation of it. You know, this is... It's it, it's a good time to be a comic book fan. And I say that often, but it's like a, it's a good time to be a comic book fan, even if you don't read the popular shit. You're going to get good stories, because I remember there was a time period where I was seeing a lot of Vertigo comics being adapted into movies and it was an awesome time. And the thing is, I, I still say I, I'm an I, I'm an advocate for some of the best live action adaptations were Vertigo comics imprints at one point, whether it was uh, V for Vendetta, The Watchmen, Road to Perdition, History of Violence. You know. These are the this is this is Vertigo at its finest. Now you got like a uh, Sweet Tooth that's on Netflix. Awesome fucking first season. I don't I hope it gets a second season. But you know, this is when you when you have an imprint that's doing just awesome shit. That's what you want. But enough of me rambling, man. This is James Grandmaster Facts Voice. I appreciate everybody joining me here on the Facts Project. And I just felt the need to get that off my chest. But, hey, tune in next time. Hope to see you guys around. And we are out.